Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm Davey, your host, and joining me, Aubrey, our co-host, Aubrey, week two of the business and finance series. I love this series. I think it is so good. It's so practical. And listeners, if you're wondering why is nothing is wasted doing a business and finance series, because that seems like something you would listen to on like a leadership podcast or a finance (laughs) podcast. It is because we want to minister to you about every avenue of pain that you go through. And we know that money affects all of us. And especially after a year like 2020, many of us are hurting financially. And those of you who um, have gone through any type of grief or suffering or loss, part of that loss is often a financial situation that has come up unexpectedly. And so we want to empower you, we want to equip you, and we want to walk with you through that money valley as much as we want to every other valley. Yeah, Aubrey, and today we have an interview with David Stewart, who's the founder and chairman of Worldwide Technology and Kingdom Capital, and one of his colleagues, Brandon Mann, who is the co-founder and managing partner and CEO of Kingdom Capital. Uh, Kingdom Capital exists to invest values-driven capital that maximizes financial return. They call it IRR and achieves an eternal impact. They call it ERR, which is really cool because that means we're talking about investing financially, right? But also investing in the kingdom and the convergence of those two things. And so when I heard about these two guys, I was really excited about hearing uh, more from them. Uh, and so you're going to, you're going to love this listeners. You're going to love this conversation with David Stewart and Brandon Mann. I love that they focus on the eternal value yep. of our finances. I can't wait for that. Be sure to stick around after the interview for our commentary. Aubrey, they also focus on ministry in the marketplace, which is something that you and I as pastors, we really try to help people understand their ministry, their unique ministry that they have, where they work in their spheres of influence. That's um, right. And so we we want to talk more about that on the back end of this uh, conversation as well. So you want to stick around. Hey, I would love to read a review from Apple Podcasts before we listen to this interview. This is a really powerful one, Davey. It says this, Each time I listen to Davey interview a guest, I am filled with courage and greater understanding of God's good, faithful heart. God seems to capture another piece of my own heart, and I am expanded. I am still savoring words from Lamoris Crawford, Sheridan Voicey, Christy, and pondering Nicole Z's soft, strong voice of truth. Mm. Most recently, Dave and Mary Gothy gripped me with their story of individual broken hearts and God's amazing personal redemption. I realized and knew the great plan he has and his willingness to lead us carefully through our wreckage to get there with him. Thank you for sharing your pain with us, Davey, and everyone else on the team. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for the, I mean, the shout outs to the individuals that we interviewed too. Those were, as I remember, all those were very powerful interviews. Uh, you can go to nothingswasted.com slash podcast. You can find those conversations there. Just search right there in the search field for any of those. But um, thank you for writing that in. That's awesome. So powerful. Why don't we go ahead and dive into this conversation that we have with David Stewart and Brandon Mann. Brandon, David, great to have you guys on the podcast with me. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having us. 
Honored to be here. Well, I would love to do this because our listeners may be familiar with you. They may not be. You guys have just released another book uh, together. But um, before we kind of dive into the topics of that and some of the storyline behind it, I'd love for you to just introduce yourselves. Uh, give us a little context of your life right now, your family, and what you guys do. Um, David, why don't you take the the helm? Why don't you lead lead off? <laughs> I'll, I'll be happy to do that. Um, uh, I'm a uh, a native. Uh, actually, I was actually born in in, in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, but however, I was I was reared in Clinton, Missouri. Okay. Uh, a little small town southeast of Kansas City. Uh, milking cows and slapping hogs, as I used to, uh, <laughs> used to talk about. Uh, Bradman comes from that same kind of small town environment as well, out of, out of Hannibal. Uh, humble beginnings, living on the other side, I'm, um, being a person of color uh, in the 50s and 60s wasn't necessarily uh, the uh, greatest uh, time in our country's history. Had an opportunity firsthand to see some of the many challenges this country faced and endured and, and, and worked through and uh, still that we face today and are yeah. challenged today with uh, living on the other side of the tracks. Uh, we, uh, I guess we were considered poor, but where our house was full of, 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 of love. Uh, I talked about milking cows and stopping hogs, but we didn't have an indoor bathroom until it was eight or nine years old. Mm. Uh, actually, uh, in 1954, uh, Brown versus Board of Education Act, 1957, they decided to, in Clinton, Missouri, to integrate the school system. My father being uh, from uh, Chicago, uh, and the reason that he, he was from Chicago because my mother, my mother and my grandparents actually moved to Chicago so my mother could complete high school. Wow. Uh, because there was no place for her to go to high school in, in Clinton, Missouri. There was a, uh, uh, what they called back then a Negro um, elementary school that went up to the eighth grade, and, um, but there was no place for, for her to go. Uh, to high school, and my, my grandparents want to make sure that happened. So they packed up everything, moved to Chicago, so she could complete uh, high school. Wow! Uh, and that's where she met my dad. They fell in love, had five of their children in Chicago. My mother says she was not raising and rearing her children in Chicago. So who were back in Clinton, Mis Clinton, Missouri? Our family's been there since 1847. And then she, uh, we, uh, in 1957, I'm going into the first grade and uh, the Ku Klux Klan said, we're not gonna, there's no way this is gonna happen in Clinton, Missouri. And they were threatening people in town and a whole bit. My da dad being a war World War II vet, uh, patrolled the town all night to ensure that his five children could go to school. Mm. Uh, so talk about courage. Talk about adversity. Yeah. Talk about troubling and challenging times. He was the only person of color that decided that, you know, uh, he that's what he was going to do. Wow. Whatever dangers or challenges he faced. And so at every day of my life, I ask myself, well, my mom and dad behalf, am I, am I honoring them every day? Am I living my life worthy of that kind of sacrifice? Mm. So early wow. on these adversities and challenges and so forth you face uh, from, from teachers to, to classmates to, to others in the community, when the swimming pool you couldn't go to, the Boy Scouts I couldn't join, uh, to just basic things like going to the roller, roller rink. Mm -hmm. We weren't allowed to go there. Uh, eventually we were able to go one day a week and then or going to the balcony of the, the movie theater was you know part of it. We didn't even integrate the church 
until 1968, the year before I graduated. You know, uh, from so all of these challenges and adversities, and and my dad was the first entrepreneur I ever saw because you know you didn't you you because of prejudice and racism because of of the kind of bias that went on during those days and a whole bit. So he created his own job, you mm. know, <laughs> from hauling trash to, 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 to being a bartender when they need him to, to cutting lawns or, and, and raising, raising cattle and, and milking cows and slopping hogs and whatever he had to do in order to feed his eight children eventually wow. that he had. Uh, and so watching him and in all that adversity and all those challenges, uh, I saw them walk in such love and grace. Mm. And the most significant thing out of that was in such forgiveness. Wow. Wow. So that's who I am. <laughs> that's amazing. You know what I love about that is oftentimes I will throw that question out, David, and a lot of people will talk about what they've done. And you just described for me who you are, your backstory, your legacy, uh, the legacy that your family, your, the, the people before you laid the foundation for you. And, and that's, there, there's no question in my mind that that is why you wrote the book that you wrote. And that is these, you know, these principles doing leadership by the good book, because these principles were sewed into you almost by osmosis. You know, we kind of say often that, um, more is taught or more is caught than taught. And that's what you, you caught some of these things from your parents um, I'm going to give you a saying that my mother said, uh, uh, and to her dying day, and she only died a, a few months ago, or a few months ago. Uh, she passed on, uh, on to victory from glory to glory. And I'm so, so thankful for the life that uh, me being her child. But she said to me, and she said to all her children, reminded us, we may be the only Bible they may see that wow. day. Wow. That's good. Okay. So, Brandon, you co-authored this book with David. Where did you come into the mix of all of this? Tell us a little bit about how you guys got together. Yeah, happy to, Davey. And again, it's an honor to be here with you and Dave. I have to pinch myself uh, that uh, my name shows up on this book with Dave, mm -hmm. a incredible labor of love. Uh, we met and we still live at the intersection. Dave and I met and live at the intersection of faith and work. Mm. And so the origin of our of our uh, meeting each other, although socially I, I knew of Dave, uh, principally from his incredible generosity in the community of St. Louis and the surrounding area, worldwide technology, his company, uh, now 30 years young, at the time when we met was about 10 years young. So it's been about 20 years since Dave and I met, but even at that relatively early stage of worldwide's development, um, Worldwide, under Dave's leadership, has been so philanthropically generous mm. in a blessing. So I knew of Dave, but I would not met him. We didn't work together. I worked in uh, commercial real estate, a, a large uh, international commercial real estate firm that was headquartered at the time in, in St. Louis. And so my work with United Way, we would I was sort of you know and in awe see Dave's work. Yeah. He chaired the United Way campaign to incredible heights. But back to how did we meet? So. 
the church, uh, I was at, at my church, uh, an interesting program was promoted, and that was to match members of basically this all-white kind of old-school church in a part of St. Louis's, you know, environment that would be that, you know, a lot of families that have been in St. Louis, business owners and executives, matching people who attended that church with the uh, leaders of relatively small minority-owned businesses. So entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. uh, mainly African-American, and and so I thought, gosh, this is really interesting uh, that not only are we bringing two communities together that historically wouldn't intersect, uh, you know, without some intentionality, but the mentoring program that this was called was based on biblical principles. And I, and I began to sort of say, you know, okay, I, I, I'm curious, really, how do you how do you bridge the gap between Sunday or, or Saturday mm-hmm. whenever you worship mm-hmm. and you're really filled with the word? And, you, and now uh, kind of translate that into something that affects how you work every day, Monday, yeah. Tuesday, you know, through Friday. So, so I meet, uh, so I go in and I, and I, and I volunteer and I'm matched with a couple uh, mentees, if you will. And although I learned far more from them because they were entrepreneurs who yeah. as uh, persons of color had a lot more adversity, mm. a lot more, right. Uh, than I was facing. You're talking about nothing is wasted. Dave's I can't think of a better person's story than Dave's. So as I began to meet these entrepreneurs and walk with them and learn from them and share what I, what I could share from my experiences in, in large corporate environments uh, you know, some, some of them you, you just grow really close with. And one of them kept saying, Hey, you've got to meet my other mentor. You got to meet my other mentors. Okay. Well, happy to do that. And he he said, actually uh, it's David Stewart. I said, well, that sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah. But at the same time, I was thinking, you know, how do we kind of pull this off? A week or two later, I'm on a conference call with this, uh, this my, or, or, or mentee, and Dave's on this, this call, this conference call, and I hear the same voice that you've just heard, this voice that has, has seen God work in ways beyond what we can pray right. or think for Ephesians 3.20. So he's experienced this throughout his life. And I can hear the wisdom, uh, what we call the grace and the truth mm. integrated into how he's coaching. And so I said, well, you know, I got a lot to learn from Dave. Mm. So I reached out to Dave and, and under the kind of the premise of, hey, Dave, I'd like to kind of learn from you so yeah. that we you know, on the same page with this, this, this person that we're co-mentoring. The reality is my whole motive was I'd want to be mentored by Dave. So <laughs> we, we sit in the office and we talk about this other person in his business for a bit. But at the end I said, you know, Dave, just one more question. And, and Dave's schedule is packed and his, his assistants are trying to move me along as they should. And I said, just one more question. I said, Dave, I know we're focused on this other guy, but would you mentor me too? <laughs> and he said, I thought that's what we were doing. So that's how... <laughs> That's how it all began. And we, we live, we, our mission field is the intersection of faith. Wow. That's amazing. I'm sorry I'm interrupting this interview, but I promise you it's for a great reason. My friend Tara Lee Cobble is back on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast as our guest for the bonus episode this month. You may or may not be familiar with the Bible recap, but it's the podcast and now the book that Tara Lee created to help people read the Bible chronologically and understand it better. 
She sat down with me in our bonus episode this month to talk about how getting into God's word in seasons of pain and suffering can be a game changer in our relationship with God. It seems like a no-brainer, but so many of us struggle with doing this very thing when we enter into valleys of pain in our lives. Since all of us will go through pain to some degree, or are currently in a trial, or are just coming out of a season of suffering, the need for more of God's Word in our lives is universal. If you want to listen to this bonus episode or any of our other bonus content, head to nothingiswasted.com partners. Sign up to make a recurring monthly tax-deductible donation of $20 a month or more. If you're hesitant about committing $20 a month, you can start a seven-day free trial to preview the bonus content we have under our partner program. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash partners. Now, here's a little preview of my bonus conversation with Tara Lee. I've been a Christian since I was four, and I was in full-time ministry before I ever read the whole Bible. And the only reason that I read the whole Bible, I I didn't think I needed to read it all. I Mm. thought, I'm pretty sure I've got the basics. I've got what matters. I read devotionals all the time. I'm in church every Sunday. So I'm sure I've heard the most important stuff. (laughs) I had learned most of what I knew about God secondhand. Um, And so I think I understand how challenging it can be to be confronted with the idea of reading the whole Bible, Mm. especially if you're brand new. So we kind of made a big leap, and it was totally unintentional, but I'm sure the listeners sitting here going like, wait a minute, David just talked to us about all this adversity he grew up with, all of these hardships, all these trials, all of just like scraping things up, entrepreneuring, trying to figure out a way to forge his way in a society that was, I mean, major, I mean, it's majorly, we could even go into oppressive in terms of people of color. And so, but certainly disadvantaged, right? Um, not providing opportunities the way that uh, other, you know, white men and women are provided. So how in the world, David, did you go from there to building this? I mean, I might even be undershooting it, but multi-million dollar business worldwide technology. Is it billion dollar? Is that is it multi-billion Billions. dollar business? Yeah. Uh, we asked uh, 13 billion. Uh, we'll do this year, a uh, global <laughs> company that uh, we started um, uh, 30 years ago with uh, five people and 4,000 square feet uh, wow. and uh, uh, called this company Worldwide Technology from the very beginning. Um, uh, it says my people perish for the lack of vision, mm. you know, and, uh, and of course, uh, uh, coming into St. Louis, coming from a small town, coming to the big city and then. You know, you, you, um, I, I didn't learn what I, I didn't learn that I shouldn't be doing that or saying that. Mm. Uh, and it says in the word, call those things to be not as though they were. And you're going to get a lot of people who are going to look at you uh, that, uh, with, uh, with, uh, and laugh and, and, uh, say, how is that possible? I remember, um, a, a financier coming by a banker and taking a look at the, uh, and they said they were counting cars in the parking lot. How in this? How in the heck is this company a worldwide technology with with uh, ten cars or twelve <laughs> cars on the parking lot? You know 
how can you convince me that you know that that you 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 know not only know what you're doing, but don't you know that you're black and you live in St. Louis, Missouri, and you're from a small town? You wow. know, I know those are the things that were rolling around in people's minds about how how in the heck I'm going to do business with you. Wow. Uh, why do you even matter? You know. Uh, but the, you you think about the the, the challenges of, of me growing up. I face that. I face that to this day. I mean, regarding the, what you've got to navigate through, what you've got to work through, you what you you've got to believe what you believe about who you are. Mm. You know, and and uh, and if you begin to 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 yield to what people other people believe about you, uh, and you begin to act upon what people believe about you opposed to you being who God made you to be, wow. uh, that's totally different. Yeah. yeah, It's totally different. And so getting into the scriptures and really, really knowing who God made me, gosh, I am one of one mm. in the world. I'm joint heir in Christ Jesus. Come on. Oh, oh my gosh, he is my father. I'm a child of the king. I'm Abraham's seed. Oh my God. Glory be to God that works within us that can do exceedingly above all that you can think, dream, or pray for. Right. Oh, my God. All things are possible through Christ who strengthens us. Wow. Are you kidding me? I began to talk differently, walk differently, act differently. My words were different with strength and confidence and faith and, you know, that yeah. truly that lined up with the Word of God who describes who I am. Yeah who my company is, what I stand for, and the principles that I believe in, and how I conduct myself, how I do business, all part of that. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. You know, um, one of the things as a pastor that I see, you know, I, I, I'm a teaching pastor at a church, but I'm also itinerant in ministry as well. So I see lots of different churches, lots of different cultures of churches. But the thing that every single pastor struggles with is like what you said, Brandon, is trying to help translate to their people what the, the, the principles that we teach on Sunday are not just for, just for kind of your life outside of church, not your business, your, your relationships, or your just kind of personal inward life. Oftentimes we try to compartmentalize our lives. And many pastors struggle with helping people, men and women who are in the marketplace, understand how to live out biblical principles at their work setting, in their cubicle, in their office, nine to five. What does this look? Why, how in the world does God's word tell me what, how, how does it give me effective principles for doing this? And I happen to believe that when you follow principles of God's word, that life just, it, 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 it doesn't, you don't, you're not devoid of crisis. You're not devoid of hardship, but there is peace in the midst of that. Can you talk to me about some of the ways that as you begin to work through this adversity and this hardship, what are some of those principles that you learned that you said, man, I've got to build these as the tenants of our business. This isn't God's word, but man, we've got to put these in the tenants of how we lead and operate this business. I'm happy to, and you know, all the listeners and audience just experienced, you know, the, what we call the Dave Stewart effect, right? <laughs> so when you hear Ephesians 3.20, when you hear Philippians 3.14, when you hear, you know, all of this scripture 
that's the voice that I heard again 20 years ago. And I began to say, oh, this is possible. Shortly after I met Dave, his first book was published, Doing Business by the Good Book. Mm. And to answer your question, Davey, that, that was a fundamental piece for me because Dave, in the wisdom in, in the spirit of Romans 8.28, which I think harmonizes mm-hmm. with the, you know, nothing is wasted, right? God's working through all things, the good, the bad, the ugly, the scar tissue, the tragedy, right. um, to work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now, here's the challenge that pastors, and I'll be very candid, have, is that the language of business from business people, entrepreneurs, from one end of the spectrum to the corporate, they, there's still variations in that language, but pastors often have a difficult time bridging a vernacular mm. that helps equip the men and women, as you said, who, if they work outside the home, and by the way, a lot of important <laughs> work happens in the home, So that's right. that's, and that's a different ministry, right. right? There's a lot of ministries for, for moms and dads who are raising kids actively at home, yeah. and we... Uh, we thank them and, and that's so important. But for those who work outside the home in the sense that they go to a job somewhere uh, or virtually now work on a job, uh, they spend the majority of their time, we spend the majority of our time in the workplace, mm. right? If you just look at it, 70%, the stats, whatever you want to grab, it, we spend more time with the people we yep. work with in, in the industry and sectors, whether it's education, healthcare, we spend most of our time there. Yeah. And so the point is, this is the most accessible mission field for us. Right. So there's a, there's a thing, oh, wait a minute, you're talking about mission field. I thought I yeah. had to go fly to Costa Rica <laughs> or, you know, insert, you know, a place that I really don't fit in mm. for long-term ministry typically, right? Yep. I don't know the language. I don't know the culture. Um, I'm going to do my best to serve while I'm there. But the reality is I don't have to learn a different language as a business person. So back to my premise, right. I think equipping pastors and ministry leaders, who some of them are very, very business minded, I get that, and have some of those skills. But the reality is, how do you translate it? Dave's first book, Doing Business by the Good Book, was was a crucial mm. enabler for me, because I began to see scripture like um, uh, Colossians 3.23, yeah. whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as though working for the Lord and not for men. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, the first um, the first thing that happened in this Bible study journey, I also want to say that Dave's book, first book, uh, laid the foundation for was it brought coworkers together around a table um, in, in 2008. I was called to start a Bible study at work. And I didn't want to do that. I, I didn't, even though I was blessed by Dave's book, I had read it a hundred times. I've given it to a thousand people. I felt he and I partnered. He gave the books. I was a commencement speaker at my alma mater, University of Missouri. We partnered. He gave the books through me to all of the graduates who wanted. So I, I even did commencement speeches on the book. <laughs> and yet, and yet, how do I still close that gap? And, and what God called me to do was start this Bible study. So uh, just, to, just to sort of set this up, uh, we start this Bible study. We start the, we study the book of James, and that's very practical, right? So it's wisdom literature, similar like a proverb, Proverbs, right? So it's okay, be you know slow to speak, slow you know slow to anger, quick to listen. Uh, you know, even talks to businessmen. We use this in a recent WWT board meeting as a devotion, right? You know, you say you'll do this or that, go to the city, do this mm. or that. So there's a lot of practical, in right? Um, and it brought a group around the table that looks so different. Mm. 
than maybe a church Bible study where the guys that I've been hanging out with at church all look like me. Yeah. We have kids the same age, all stuff. So then we had this Bible study that was a kaleidoscope of race, gender, mm. age, role in our company. The only thing we had in common around the table, frankly, is that we worked in the same company. We didn't necessarily work together as a big company, but we came to the table. We had the word of God and the mission, which is now of BBT, was born out of how do we apply this? So we finished James. People were challenging each other 7 a.m. to 7.45 before work. How do we apply God's word to work? Like, yeah. you know, to James or, or other, other scriptures. And so we finished James. We're starting to look for curriculum. And here the whole time is Dave's book right on the corner <laughs> of my desk. We bring that in. We begin to write questions just to go along with the chapters. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it transformed God's word right through Dave's. And this is the closing of the gap between what pastors, you know, teachers, you know, ministry teachers, how do you close the gap from scripture to the practical application and Dave's personal journey, the adversity, the challenges, the successes all gave us handles with which to apply Mm. these principles. Wow. David, can you think of a time where you uh, experienced something as you were walking through either some of these adversities before starting the company or adversities while building the company where the principles that you that you knew to be true, you're like, man, I'm going to live by these principles. They were challenged. They, they, were, um, they were threatened in some way. You had to come to a crosshairs moment where you're going, do I really believe this? Should I really? Because it'd be a lot easier to cut a corner right now and not live by this principle. Can you think of a, a time and story that for us at all? As I uh, reflect back on that, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that in uh, 1993, 93, around 93, yeah, we were in kind of upside down. We were millions of dollars in debt. Um, the bankers were trying to shut us down. Had a guy that reallocated some dollars in his own pocket you know, that we desperately needed at the time that we had to let go. Uh, uh, the business was upside down, the banks. Uh, and then, of course, personally, uh, that, that the, the ripple effect of that obviously affects me personally as well. So you had, you know, you had uh, bill collectors calling me at home as well. Ability to be able to, to keep just the, the basics going at bus- in the business was, was challenged enough when you when you, when you just start writing on the board everything that you needed to pay, and the most important things were was was keeping your your people. So I've never missed a payroll except for me, mm. and I did that for several months, um, and uh, and just trying to find a way. How do I gonna feed my 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 kids, my two kids, and my uh, support my beautiful wife now of 40, 44 years wow. and the whole bit, you know, uh, because you always want to. Uh, you try to put your, your family first, but they're the family of worldwide we had to put first, mm. you know, and, and, and all of this during these paralleling times. I remember one day there was a client of ours that sent a, a million dollars in error to us. <laughs> uh, it was a government client. And I said, wow, wow, wow. Is it a blessing or is it a test? <laughs> a test. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, immediately we 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 turned that away. We sent it back, and it, it was an error. 
and that was a defining moment for me, wow. thinking about that, because I had just gotten my car repossessed as well in the midst of that. And that million dollars would have come in tremendously handy uh, during that period of time to get us through. But God found a way uh, outside of that to bring us business at the right time, at the right moment, at the right, you know, uh, and bless us in, wow. in ways. I remember McDonnell Douglas giving us a, uh, a now Boeing company, giving us a $5 million a contract. I remember the, the GSA and the federal government giving us a contract uh, during that period of time. And we went from a company that was struggling uh, doing $17 million a year to that next year doing $84 million in business. Jeez. And then we went from $84 million to, to, to $124 million in wow. business. And then we went to $200 million, to $400, to $800 million in business. And, and I think that moment in time, was a special moment in time that that God says, you know, you have a choice. Mm. You know, either you can represent me and walk in faith with me, uh, where you can't really see. (laughs) I'm working it out, you know. And the the thing about it is that if you ever go to a grocery store, especially in the wintertime, you you go up to the door, and and the door... If you go up to the door and you begin to walk to the door, the door automatically opens up. Hmm. Uh, that's what God does. <laughs> but you got to do your part. It says faith without corresponding works is dead. You've got to walk through the door. That's good. You know, and he opens it up. Wow. He's, he's opened up the windows of heaven to the extent that, you know, here we are today with a $13 billion business. Wow. 30, 30 years later. Wow. I love, First Peter talks about how uh, trials test the genuineness of our faith. <laughs> it sure did then. I bet me. it did. It sure does today, too. Well, and if you, you, know, if you think about it, I love that you had the insight to say, wait a minute, is this a blessing or is this a test? That You were looking at that through kingdom lenses to see that that was a test. To say, this isn't our money. This isn't something we earned. This isn't something that was that we merited in any way in this. So we cannot keep this. This is a test. And I believe wholeheartedly, I mean, I know that you've, I'm sure you've gotten this insight, but that was then the linchpin or the catalyst that said that the Lord said, Hey, I can, I can trust you. I can trust you with, if you're not trusted, if you're not trustworthy with few, you're not going to be trustworthy with many. And I love the fact that your last name is steward. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, but think of my first name, Beloved Servant. Wow. If, if you guys could, uh, I mean, I know it's going to be really difficult to reduce um, all of these different principles that you guys talk about, you write about, you espouse. Uh, but if there was one, the many times that you're working with people in the marketplace, business leaders, entrepreneurs, what do you feel like is the one um, principle that it, it almost becomes like the linchpin or keystone principle, right? Like if, if you could get this one right here, then there would be a cascade effect or there, it seems to be the more that we work with people, this seems to kind of cascade into, okay, wow, you're starting to get this. Is there something like that? Or am I just pulling this out of thin air? For me, it's, is um, the scripture passage says, God's love conquers all. And my saying around this is these these guys, Brandon and the rest of the team repeat over and over again is 
love them through it. Wow. Uh, because I truly believe the foundational piece of, of any relationship is based on God's love. Mm-hmm. And, and, and 1 Corinthians 13, 4 talks about what love really looks like. Mm-hmm. And for, for, for me, um, uh, God is love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if yes. you and replace love for, for, for God in every place mm-hmm. uh, in the Bible and his love letter to us. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. You think about that. He left a love letter to us, to his children. You know, what can be more powerful than that? Yeah. You know, for, for, for me, so, uh, and his word is his love. And, you know, for, for me, that's probably the most powerful thing to me that I would want to minister to everybody about, Wow. you so know, good. and uh, for the rest of my life will be around that mission. Uh, he, he, that's the eternal return on investment. Brandon, do you have any... Uh, anything to add to that or another, maybe another principle? Well, I want to echo one of my favorite things that we wrote in the book is a section called loving the unlovable. And that's where the phrase loving them through it. So uh, it, it was actually fairly late. We, we wrote this book over a period of about four or five years because we have some other things going on with Kingdom Capital, right. a BBT, and of course, Worldwide Technology. So we had our, our plate pretty full. And, and yet, uh, as we were in, I would say, the final stretch, uh, we began to really talk about this phrase. Now, Dave, Dave has a lot of just wonderfully encouraging phrases, and one of them is loving them through it. A, another one is his, you know, from his his mom, right? Mm-hmm. You may be the only Bible they see that day, um, and so these are these are sort of replaying. And, and another one is everything we do is ministry. Yeah. Hey, wow. newsflash, newsflash, for those of you who are you know working wherever you're working, everything you do is is has an effect. That's the great. question is, is it ministry or is it not? And so this, this idea of loving the unlovable, if you're going to lead like Jesus, then you, you have to love the unlovable. That's what he did with us. Right. And so this phrase, we break down the book. So loving them through it, loving is action, right? We think emotion. Yeah, I got that. But real, what we know is what Christ demonstrated was an action that even, frankly, in the garden of Gethsemane, the night before, you know, he was crucified, you know, betrayed, uh, the night that he was betrayed, you know, he didn't, he wanted this cup to pass. Right. So he said, um, not your will, not my will be done, but your will be done. So yeah. it's action. This love is action oriented, uh, loving them. It's not about you. It's about them. Mm-hmm. Right. As Rick Warren Worth and the yep. opening to, you know, purpose driven life. It's not about you. <laughs> not about you. So as, right. As Jesus said, you know, it's about them. So loving them, it's others focus through, through means it's a journey. Wow. It's a journey. And we're in relationship with each other. Uh, and Jesus met people where they were, and he walked with them. He talked with them. And, he just, and so that's a journey. It's through. Now, it, it is the sticky thing that they've done, they're doing, they will do. There's, there's a tension in, in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to love them through it. Wow. So that's a powerful, that's a powerful reframing for business people to see opportunities for ministry and loving people through um, the challenges. That's great. I, I can tell you, a lot of people need to love me through some things, and I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful for them too. That's right. That's so good. That's so good. Hey, friends, I want to thank you so much for being a listener of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. This podcast and all of the resourcing provided by Nothing Is Wasted Ministries 
is made possible partly by the generosity of our partners. People like you have been positively impacted by the inspiration and community that we provide as a ministry, and we provide it at no cost. We do all this because we believe in the importance of people partnering with God to take back their stories. If you're a part of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast listening community, we'd like to invite you to partner with us to continue to provide incredible content and resourcing for tens of thousands of people. God is working in their lives to bring purpose out of their pain, and you can partner with us to make more of that happen. You can do this by making a one-time or recurring tax-deductible donation to our ministry. We recently had a team retreat where we dreamed up and brainstormed tons of new ideas to take this ministry to the next level and impact more people. But we can't do it alone. Please consider partnering with us in this mission by going to nothingiswasted.com slash donate to give a one-time or recurring donation. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash donate. Now back to our conversation. Guys, I'd love to take the last five minutes or so that we have, and um, you know, you, you talk a little bit about this idea for, of going from hurt to harvest, and uh, that's something we talk about a lot. We call it, you know, pain to purpose. We actually we have a course surrounding that where we're trying to help people understand what it looks like to walk through their valley and then, and into it. What is it that God is doing in me that is going to propel me into the next season and purpose of my life? What are you guys? Uh, what exactly are you guys talking through when you when you talk about this idea of going from hurt to harvest? When I think about that, I think about how do we how do we re, how do we reverse uh, a situation? It's always darkest before the dawn. Mm. For, from from my perspective, uh, what am I going to learn from this experience that's going to make me better yeah. in ministry? That's going to allow me to have a testimony. That's good. And help me through the test and the, and, and the challenge, Lord. You know, I, and, and how do, do I love the unlovable, as Brandon yeah. talked about, uh, 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 through this, uh, even though you're under attack. And when I think about that, I think of the fruits of the Spirit. Mm. And that I hold myself accountable to every day, every relationship, every moment. You know, and every conversation I'm having, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humbleness, and self-control. Yeah. There's nothing that can come against that. That's what the Word says. Yep. I believe the Word. I stand on that Word, you know. And so the things that, that, that are embedded in me from the abundance of the mouth, the heart, the mouth speaks, is, and is in my heart. It's in my soul, and and it's and it, and it's being tested all the time mm. of, of me being hurt. That's my protection. Mm. You talk about the shield of faith and the sword of His word. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, those are the things that 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 resonate with me every day, every moment. Uh, so I, I'm staying on track. That I'm not. I'm not lukewarm, that I'm not deviating from that all the time and all over the place. And I'm going in a straight line to heaven. Wow. And I'm having my heaven right here on earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, because you don't have to wait to heaven to, to have heaven. That's right. Uh, it says, what you bind on earth, 
You bind in heaven. Once you loose on earth, you loose in heaven. And so uh, pain, uh, hurt, uh, challenges, yeah, we face. It's not I'm, I'm, I'm not, not like I'm invisible to that. But I choose to rise above that. That's good. Because I will tell you that people will present all kinds of stuff to steal your time, steal your energy, steal your focus. And it says, hey, uh, the, the devil's here to do that, right? Yeah. He's here to steal, kill, right. and destroy, right? That's right. And, and, and the Lord is here to say, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but a power, Come love, on. and a sound mind in his word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so stay in his word. <laughs> Man. There's power there. There's Man. love there. There's peace and joy. Wow. David, in a different lifetime, you were destined to pastor a church. You're a preacher, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so cool. And that's the, that's what's so encouraging, too, is as I listen to both of you guys, the theme that keeps resonating uh, in me is this idea of no matter where you're at, you are a preacher, so to speak. You are a minister. You Every member of the body of Christ is a minister of the gospel, and that doesn't matter if you're doing it from behind a pulpit or if you're doing it from behind a cubicle. Wherever you're going, you're on mission. And I love, love, love that you guys are bringing this message to the world. And uh, it, if you're listening to this, you got to pick up the book. It's called Leadership by the Good Book by David Stewart and Brandon Mann. And, uh, and then, David, your previous book that you guys have referenced is, is called Business by the Good Book. Is that right? Doing Business by, Doing the, good business book, yeah. by the Good yeah. Book. So great. So and David, we we have we're on a mission, and thank you for sharing the book with your your audience, our audience here today, because the book is really a catalyst from transitioning readers to leaders. Oh, that's great. So when, when when people hear Dave's voice and my journey with Dave and our partnership in the things that God's called us to do, when we when we decided to write this book, we wanted to uh, help in that uh, engagement. So how do you apply this? Mm-hmm which is the reading, right? So I'm going to read it, I'm going to learn it, yeah. and then I'm going to begin to live it out. So we have this idea of the leadership flywheel, right? Oh, yeah. So then I lead and leave a legacy for the Lord. So the wow. leadership flywheel is a principal part of the book, but it's also the focus of biblical business training, this nonprofit ministry that Dave and I support. We're, we're, we're chairs of it. Uh, and so the book we actually gave to the ministry. Wow. And here's why. The reader now has the resources, the equipping to become a leader of a small group like I did back in 2008 with folks from work, friends, people working together or at different companies, but coming together to apply God's word to their work. How do you close that gap? We found, we believe the most efficient way, reading is good. The learning is good, but the Living, leading, and leading a legacy, the ERR that Dave just mentioned, the eternal rate of return, eternal return, is most maximized in a small group in, where encouragement, accountability, we're yeah. praying together. Hey, you had a presentation. I, I, How did that go? I've prayed for you. You've got a challenging project. Those are the, that's the nitty gritty. Back to the great question you asked earlier, that between Sunday and Monday, how do you close that gap? Yeah. Well, it's a long distance between Monday and Friday. Yeah. And BBT provides an ability to refuel, reconnect, re-engage with God's word and apply it right away. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, if you're listening to this and, and you're wondering, okay, what were the different organizations that he just mentioned? We will absolutely put that up here in the show notes so that you guys can link to that. You can go visit these 
organizations that Brandon and David um, are are sitting in the helm of. And guys, thank you so much. This has just been a phenomenal conversation. It stirred me up quite a bit. We've been able to talk about some nuance of pain that we don't often get to talk about. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I know it's going to help so many people. We're blessed to be with you. Thanks, Davey. Aubrey, that was a, an incredible conversation with uh, David and Brandon. Um, yeah, it was. I, I really want to lean in on what they talked about with this idea of ministry in the marketplace, because I know this is an area mm-hmm. I'm super passionate in helping people with. I know you're super passionate about it, and I think mm-hmm. I'm passionate about it because I see so many people who kind of, um, whether it's because they don't feel like that they're they're qualified to do ministry or whether they, they do actually just kind of, you know, defer that over to the quote unquote ministry professionals. There are so many people who are not stepping into their God given calling and design to do ministry where they're at. Right. You know, and, and, and I think that it's a shame because there are people that you listener are interacting with and that you have influence with that I will never have influence with. I'll never be able to interact Absolutely. With. And your yep. pastor God has put will never you be in that to. position on purpose yes. because he wants you to be Jesus and bear witness to the gospel to that person. Absolutely. Yep, that's right. And so if I could, I mean, if I could help everybody shift their mindset to realizing that they are a missionary that's being mm-hmm. funded by their whatever business they work for, their workplace, whatever they're they're being, Mm -hmm. they're being funded by their workplace to spread the gospel and share the gospel, which means it's important how we, um, how we show up in those places. It's important Mm -hmm. how we work, that we work in Mm -hmm. in excellence. We do our very best that we have, you know, that we put on characteristics of Christ while we're doing that. And so the way we interact with people needs to be cloaked with the character and nature of Christ needs to exude the fruit of the spirit. And, you know, and that we stand out that, you know, that people see our good works, as scripture says, and they glorify our father in heaven because of the way that we are, um, uh, because our life is lived with such excellence in our workplace. Then people come and they gravitate to you and they go, what's, what's different about you? You know, what's different Mm -hmm. about you? There is a, there is a countenance difference. There is a, almost a glow, right? Well, like the way that Moses came off of the mountain when he met with right. God. <laughs> with his and face people radiant, yeah. There's something different about you being a follower of Christ in the marketplace that especially mm-hmm. in times like this, especially when there's so much hopelessness, so much despair, so much yep. divisiveness, so much vitriol and anger surrounding mm-hmm. everywhere that we go, you can stand out. You can be different. People need your hope. They need your, the peace that you walk with. They need the love that you have that comes from the Father poured out to them. Yep. And and I do think that's really important to see yourself wherever you serve in the marketplace. You're there as a royal priesthood, right? right. You are there um, as an image bearer of God in order to shine light on who Jesus is. And in in one sense, I think that actually gives you a lot more influence than like Davey, right. me or you who are stuck working at churches. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you're actually like ministering to people who need the gospel and who Jesus died for. Right. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I think 
it's a good call for all of us to remember that we are equipped by the Holy Spirit, fully equipped as ministers yep. of the gospel, that we are there not on accident, but on purpose, and that well, God will give us everything we need to mm -hmm. uh, display and declare his gospel in a way that's relationally intelligent and emotionally intelligent and um, shines light on who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, I, you know, even, even more as I'm seeing the ebbs and flow of seasons of ministry, if I'm sitting down and talking to, you know, a young, a young man or woman who's in Bible college and they're going, Hey, I want to go into full-time ministry. And I'm, mm -hmm. I, I always encourage them to also have another trade Yep. to also, whether it's like a double major or whatever. Yeah. You know, we were just with a young couple that we, um, have been mentoring for a while and they're about to get married and go into ministry. And Kevin actually said to them, like you, Davey, he said, go get a job in Chicago, go work mm -hmm. at some coffee shop. And like, just actually be around people who don't know Jesus because we so get right. stuck in our bubble, right? And like right. find out what the needs actually are, not what you think the needs are of the people around you. Yeah, and exactly. then build a church that meets those felt needs instead of what we just sort so of assume good. people need as Christians, right? Yep. So good. That's so good. I think that when Jesus called the 72 or the 70, depending on the you know, depending on the translate or the, the, the actual gospel that you're reading, the gospel account that you're reading, right. I think when he called the 70 or the 72, that they were marketplace workers. I don't know this to be, you know, to be true, mm. but, I, but, you know, really the disciples, the apostles seem to be the only ones that were like full-time in ministry and they were going and planting right. and church, planting churches and stuff. But I honestly believe he was like, all right, so how are we going to reach doctors? Oh, you know what? There's a couple yeah. of doctors over there that are following me. Let's go. Yeah. Let me send you to go and reach doctors. How are we going to reach teachers? You know, how are we going to reach right. lawyers? Uh, well, right. There, there's no hope for lawyers, so we, we'll have to skip them. But we'll. Davey, how do we that's not nice. <laughs> Sorry, little pastor joke right there. But you get what I'm saying, <laughs> right? There is, there, you know, there is a certain, I mean, I mean we don't need to beat a dead horse here, but there is a certain level of influence that you have with your peers and your colleagues that your pastor is not going to have. That's right. It's just not going to have. And so, yeah. you know, I've, I've just far too long had people go like, Hey, I need to, I need to bring this person to church and have my pastor talk to them. Mm -hmm. no, 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 you, you are equipped to minister. Every member of the body of Christ is a minister of the gospel. And that's our heart yeah. and our passion is to equip you to be able to do that. Another way that we want to equip you along with finances, along with seeing yourself as a minister, wherever God has called you is to walk with God, to partner with God in taking back your story, especially if mm -hmm. your story has been one of pain or trauma. We would love to invite you to go to nothingiswasted.com. You can find out more about all of our offerings, all of our resources, check out the pain to purpose course, check out our community groups, check out our certified guides. We have, um, many godly resources that we want to put in your hands so that you can find healing and wholeness yeah. in your journey. Yeah. We want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing all the music for the Nothing is Wasted podcast. Listen to his music anywhere you can download or stream music. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Nothing is Wasted Ministries. You can follow me at Davey Blackburn. You can follow Aubrey at Obsamp. And next week, we're going to continue this business and finance series um, with a guy named Ryan Mack. Uh, I had never heard of him before this conversation, but I was extremely impressed with him after this conversation. You're going to be impressed with him too. You're going to enjoy what he has to say as we continue this series. So let's listen to a little clip from my conversation with Ryan Mack. 
I remember my aunt called me and said, uh, Ryan, what is a stock? Here I'm at the largest NASDAQ trading firm in the world. And my aunt is calling me, asking me, what is a stock? And it just blew my mind that she had to ask that very simple question. So I decided to start educating and writing about stocks. And then in the process of writing about stocks, I formed a Yahoo group. And then I started to educate. Uh, people started asking me questions about credit. I didn't know anything about credit. And so I started to expand and research other things about finance. Um, and then I said, you know, let me just go ahead and resign from here and go into financial planning because it seemed like a natural transgression. And um, I went and I got an offer from uh, uh, an organization and they said, and I was so excited, you know, to get this offer from this firm. And I won't say the name of it. Um, let's change the name today anyway, but uh, he said, and I, I went in to sign the paperwork and they said, you know, Ryan, unless, and I said, man, I'm going to take you to my church. I'm going to take you to the hood. I'm going to take you everywhere to just take this information all over because I want people to learn about money. And he said, Ryan, I'm going to hate to burst your bubble, man, but unless, unless you work with high net worth individuals, everybody else is a waste of time.